another year, same old song and dance, as the, the saying goes. You know, I will say, uh, Mr. Walker, uh, I'm not as upset as I was last year, I don't think. I don't know what that is, if it's acceptance, if I'm just used to the, the abuse and trauma now. Um, I was way sadder last year when we lost to the 49ers. Now, maybe it's just as simple as like we won a playoff game this year and last year we didn't. Um, maybe I feel like we're closer this year. Maybe I feel like there are, the answers are more obvious this year than la last year. Um, I don't know, but I would, I, you know, it'll be an interesting podcast today. Uh, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zach Love is with us. He is currently getting some coffee, but this is boys. will <laughs> be boys. It. This is your 2022 postmortem. So we are coming to you a few scant days after the Dallas Cowboys fall to the San Francisco 49ers with a bizarre score of 12 to 19. Mm. Bizarre game. Bizarre score. Shitty way to go out. I don't even know if it was uh, a bizarre game. Honestly, it felt like no, it. You know, I think it's a better funny. word. It, it it's in a way it's almost identical to the game they played last year, except they were a little shittier offensively and a little better defensively. I was I was just gonna say like I remember the, before this game you said you know compared to last year the Cowboys got better on defense and worse on offense, and I think we saw that like. Yeah. I thought the Cowboys defense played really well. Um, there were a couple moments where I wish they would have, you know, come up with that bit, that one signature play. Um, but for the most part, you can't ask much more than what you got out of your defense. Holding your opponent under 20 points is pretty incredible, uh, especially a high powered offense like the 49ers. who has been putting like 35 on everybody. And unfortunately, this was yet another game uh, where your offense just could not give you enough to win. Um, now, there's going to be a ton of discussion around why that is, what is the root cause of that. Um, this year, as compared to last year, I think there's a little bit more, I'm not going to use the word excuse, but maybe some understanding because you lost Tony Pollard like halfway through this game. And, you know, coming into this game, we said that, you know, your two, your whole offense needs to run through Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. Um, Tony Pollard effectively represents half the playmakers on offense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said coming into this game that their whole game plan was built around shutting down Tony Pollard. So, like, they got the game that they had dreamed of, right? Like, if your game plan is to shut down Tony Pollard and then Tony Pollard's no longer on the field, you're playing exactly the game you hoped to play against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and unfortunately, in the second half, uh, it just got away from him, I feel like. In the first half, I still felt like this was a very winnable game. Um, despite the two turnovers, they didn't really... I mean, They almost played better in the first half, and Dak included almost played better I, in the first half. I think half they did the play better in the first half, dude. I think they for sure played better in the first half. I mean, they they scored their only offensive touchdown in the first half. I didn't think we were going to um, lose till halfway through the third. That's when I first thought. Yeah. I started thinking yeah. that, oh, we might the, not win. The the real bitch of it is that obviously you know we hindsight is twenty twenty and I it was only in the fourth quarter of this game that it truly dawned on me how much I wish Amari Cooper was still on this team because having only one guy 
that can really go attack the other team is just a horrific situation to put just about any quarterback in. But Dak Prescott, uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Um, you know, I, what, the game before ours uh, on the same Sunday was Bills Bengals, featuring kind of two of the you know preeminent top five young quarterbacks, top five period quarterbacks in the league. And I watched Josh Allen, who mo- is most people's number two. Whenever I see quarterbacks ranked, Josh Allen is put at the number two spot behind so. Mahomes. Yeah, sure. Um, and Josh Allen got throttled on his own home field. Didn't throw a touchdown. Got murdered. And the conclusion that I heard from a lot of Bills fans, a lot of media people, was that you know Josh Allen really has one guy. It's Stephon Diggs. And in a playoff game, in a playoff scenario, unless like those that one guy goes off to just an absurd degree, uh, it's hard to play against like good defenses. Hard to, to sh- get into shootouts with other elite offenses. Um, and once Tony Pollard got hurt, that was kind of the situation we were in too. Um, I'll add to the fact that I thought Kellen Moore uh, turned in a pretty lackluster game yet again. Um, I guess if you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to conclusions later, but I'll I'll spoil it here. For me, I came away basically thinking the same thing I've thought about Dak forever, which is like Dak is your sixth to tenth best QB in the league, and I do think he can be successful with the right the right cast and the right coaching, and he doesn't have either of those right now. And so, we're probably only the sixth best team in the league right now with, you know. An offensive weapon set that's pretty much con- it's constructed around C.D. Lamb and three guys that probably don't start for most teams. I mean, Michael Gallup is not a starting grade wide receiver at this point. Dalton Schultz, maybe on some lower end squads, but he's certainly nothing to write home about at tight end. Um, we saw that in this game. He had a pretty key drop that would have extended a drive on the very last drive of the game. He can't get his foot down in bounds. Um, and then Noah Brown was getting extensive third receiver work for this team all year. And that guy's just not a starting wide receiver either. So I guess I came away from it being kind of like, I'm almost astounded at the success they had offensively given that their weapon set was as such. Um, so many guys that feature so prominently in this offense are not very good. Uh, obviously Zeke by, especially by the end of the season was all but useless Noah Brown, Schultz, and Gallup kind of combined for a hearty meh. Um, I'm pretty shocked that they were the number one red zone offense in the NFL and, you know, the highest scoring offense in the NFL. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I think there's there's certainly big picture ways to look at this, and I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think, you know, a football game you can talk about in so many different ways. It's never as simple as we make it out to be. That said, if we were to simplify this game, I, I think what makes it most frustrating, even understanding or if you believe San Francisco is a better team than Dallas, was this was a very winnable game. This was a very winnable game where your defense did enough to win and your offense and, frankly, quarterback did not do enough to win. And that's Agreed. what I think that's where most of the frustration came was just them falling flat again in a moment that that they were needed. And that hasn't always been the case in every Dak Prescott playoff loss. I'd argue that really the only of the four losses he's had, I would put really only two of them on 
Kellen the offense, and they were both this game's the the Niners yep. last year and this year. I mean, Agreed. they could just be a team that, and you're going up against a a phenomenal play caller with a ton of talent around him. Um, you know, your defense was great in this one. I know they got a little tired at the end. I I, I think this was one where your quarterback made two really bad picks. One that instantly was turned into three points, and the other one where it was probably your highest point, and I even looked, is right after the Pollard injury when Dallas on, just for what it's worth, the ESPN little probability was at 67%. It's the highest it ever got. Yeah. You had just got an eight-yard gain on Pollard. If you, if you score that touchdown, ankle. dude, I think we win this game. They have a big delay, right, because Pollard gets hurt. They go to commercial. He comes off in the first play. Yep. After he's gone, they throw it was like it right watching the, the season evaporate. Like dude. they didn't even need a ton right there. They could have like you. You play mistake free there. Even if you take a sack there, right? What do you get? Yep. You probably get a field goal now. I know Maher was shaky as fuck, but you had just got a fourth and four right before that. You're up at this point. I guess that's it's that's that's what adds to it, man. Is that I thought Dak up until that point in the drive had played so well on that particular drive, dude. He had yep. gone down the field really efficiently. He had just converted a huge fourth down with his legs i was very happy with him on that drive and then that one throw and i'll add to it that there just seems to be like a magnet on the ball with the cowboys man like and, and not even that it's the it goes the other way too like there were at least three throws that brock purdy threw in this game that should have been easy as fuck interceptions <laughs> and well, instead sure. they just Definitely found grass sure. and that's not like anyone's fault that's not the defense's fault that's not it's just like one of those things where you're like damn dude like if the first one he throws deep to Ayuk that hits bland if he comes down with that if Diggs intercepts that one i mean that's the one that i've really focused on and i think a lot of people have is and Diggs didn't have a lot of time to react to it it was a tip ball said, uh... But he it hits him afterward. right in the chest in the bread basket, and like you just wish that in that moment he comes up with he that. He makes pick. the play. J. Ron Curse, I don't know if you heard, uh, came over to him and, and was picked, you know, on their mics, and he goes, "What happened to them hands, man?" Like kind of a little piss, but a little like a little kind of joking. But and Diggs goes, "Dude, I never saw the ball," and he's pissed. Yeah. He's like, "I never saw it." He goes, "I didn't feel it until it hit my chest." Like. Because he's clearly looking this way, and it kind of deflects into yeah. him, which is he had almost no reaction point. time, which sucks. It's just like he had the exact same amount of reaction time that Fred Warner had when that ball, that the bad, the second yep. pick that Dak threw, where like it, he throws like a very risky pass, it gets deflected, it just happens to get deflected directly into the arms of a defender. You're like, God damn it, why can't you just hit the ground? Like, oh, it sucks so much. Defender. Yeah, it was. It was deflected. By a defender into the hands it of was another a bad defender. Decision. Right, right. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Okay. I was just like, what? Why can't that ball just find grass? You know what I mean? Like that's just the the kind of thing that happens to us, unfortunately. Um, whereas again, like Brock Purdy gets Micah. Micah hits Brock Purdy's arm as he's throwing, and Brock throws up a complete duck that hangs in the air for like ten seconds. There's five Cowboys running around, and we're all five yards away from them. You're like, how? How does no one run underneath it? That sucks. Oh, I hate it. Um, I'll also bring up, man, I really question – Ben brought this up to me the night of the game. I really question their logic around the kicking game, dude. So, obviously, it was very highly publicized how shitty Brett was against Tampa. It kind of got maybe less internal scrutiny than it should have because the game was never in question. We stomped Tampa out. Um 
he comes into warmups. Well, first of all, they sign another they kicker with him during warmup. Oh yeah, yeah. They they sign they sign another kicker during the week. That guy is awful, and Brett looks good all week in practice. They get to the game against San Francisco. The Niners are kind of fucking with him. He goes fifty percent in warmups. The fir- we score the first touchdown of the game, and Brett shanks the shit out Which of this. It was a great kick. drive, by the way. They converted multiple thirds and a fourth and one on a cute little CD Lamb end around. Um, Dak ran almost into the end zone. That oh, was that probably was so the tight. most confidence that I had. And then, yeah, he hits. It was blocked, but I've always heard from special teams coaches, if you get an extra point block. If you watch the replay, it's not close, man. It's yeah. going so far left. Like, it's not breathing. It's low. On it's the, too low. Yeah. A kicker should never it's let. It's super low and it's super far to the left. I mean, like, the, the, right, the defensive right tackle blocks that kick. So, like, it's two gaps over from where you would normally see the ball go. Um, and I, I think that probably affects your, how you're calling that game. You know what I mean? Like you don't have confidence in the kicker. Obviously you're not taking points like in a game that ends up being decided by seven. Now I'll say this about the only touchdown of the day scored by the Niners required a miracle catch by Kittle followed by an incredibly boneheaded penalty by Donovan Wilson, followed by an incredibly questionable penalty on Jonathan Hankins, and then the dropped pick by Diggs. All of those had to happen on the same drive. They needed three first downs inside of the red zone due to penalties to score that TD. Um, So it was just one of those games that was a game of inches, just decided by things like flags, Dropped and or not dropped interceptions. Well, it sucks that we just couldn't come up with twenty points in this game. It's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah, it was, it there's was so last many week, little years game. Just thrown on us again. Yeah, it it sucks too because right before their their solo touchdown drive, you had once again you had opportunities. I think that's what's so frustrating about this game is so right after they get the field goal to tie it six six. That's the drive we were talking about where Pollard gets hurt. Dak throws the second interception. One missed opportunity for sure from your offense and two, your defense. They give up. The, the Niners don't have really much time, and they still manage a field goal drive. Gold, who never fucking misses. And I've never – I tweeted this. I don't think I've ever seen an opposing kicker miss a kick in the playoffs against us. No kidding. I, I really want to find it, but I, I, I know that sounds like sour uh, breaks, the Seahawks, I have not, they? I was going to say the Seahawks did. When their guy got injured. Yeah, their yeah, kicker got hurt. Great. And they had their punter in there kicking field goals. Wow. Did they ever actually have him kick a field goal? I thought the their kicker got injured on a miss. I think they tried and once. Like, I think okay. they tried once and then they missed. And after that, they went for two. And they were on like, the sidelines and just like even in that practice, that was just like could barely get it more than a foot off the ground for some reason. But yeah. Uh, dude, it. That sucked. The muffed punt where we get the ball and well, that's what I'm saying. So then, and so run Zeke into the back of the line. Like it's just that's when they ugh. had a yeah. So they get you know they have 19 seconds left. They're on their own 47 and they get a 21 yard catch, which sucks. Get out. They get their field goal. Then they muff the punt. We go. We actually get a first down punt. They muff the yeah. punt, which is fantastic for us. And we start at the 21. We get to first and goal and we get just nothing. 
Um, we tried to run Zeke on second and six, lose it in third and seven. There's just nothing there. They threw it to like Zeke, try to one hand catch. It's just terrible. Pollard was out. I, I don't think that was Dak's first read, but anyway, you have to settle for a field goal there, which hurts because again, you've had two opportunities to put this team to bed. Then you get another three and out. You get the ball back. Your first play after getting the ball back is the bomb to CeeDee Lamb, 50 yards. Yep. Longest play I've, I've seen them run in a long time. And you get to fourth and five from the 40. And they go against their what they've been doing all year. They punt there. Yep. And I, I didn't kill them for it because I get at that point it's 9-9. Your defense has been lights out. I know you trust them there. But I just think the way McCarthy's been and the way – and shit, even from 40, I mean, that's probably, I guess that's probably a 56-yarder. You probably don't trust Maher there, but I just, you punt. I get you pinned them at the nine, but man, then they then that's the march down the field where they get the Kittle bobble on third and 10. Where that's people, what I'm saying, man. Diggs doesn't quite, I think Diggs was going for the ball. I think if he went into the body, maybe he breaks that up, but he's clearly trying to put a shoulder in the ball, and you can see Kittle finally pulls it in last second avoids the contact. Kittle's also an all-pro, so um, maybe if he hits him, that's different. Who knows? Maybe if the, the rush gets there. And then, yeah, you have the drop pick. You have a couple opportunities there. You don't get it. But you still go into half at nine – or into third quarter, 9-9. Nine, nine. It's almost dead equal in yards allowed by both teams. The only difference, we had two turnovers. They don't. And then you get the ball back. And again, man, missed opportunity. You get all the way down – you have first and 10 at the, the San Francisco 27. They're they're moving. And the one sack Dak to call game um, eventually it leads to a third and eight where they have to, once again, they try down the, I think that's a play they tried down the seam. Maybe that was on the punt where Fred Warner makes a hell of a play on CD and breaks it up. Yep. And everyone showed on the other side because they were running to that T.Y. Hilton was probably running free if he, if he looks there. At that point, I think Dak kind of did what, also, what we saw Rodgers do last year against San Francisco in the playoffs when he locked on Devontae. Like, it was clear that uh, the only guy that he really trusted in those moments was uh, CeeDee Lamb. But you have to sell for another field goal, which doesn't – 16-12 really makes no difference to 16-9. It kind of is like, yeah. all right. Then again, they milk eight minutes off the clock. You finally get off the field and force one, but that was just too much time. And then that's when – I think probably Dak looked the worst on the last two drives. They just oh, yeah. The, well, the, the whole team shut down, dude. Like, you have Schultz, like, can't even put two feet in bounds. The well, he almost have a pick down. six, right? On yeah. The first. Oh, dude, he almost gets safetyed. Like, it's yeah, horrible. It's so and then the most embarrassing point of the entire night is Kellen spends, like, five <laughs> minutes setting up this insane, like, create a play on Madden with Zeke at center and, like, Zach Martin out in the wide receiver spot and all this shit. And it culminates after five minutes of waiting with a snap. Zeke gets blasted. Dak's about to get killed. So he throws it to Turpin who immediately gets murdered. And that's the end of the game. And it was just like, I hate you so much, Kellen. Like you're always trying to Boise state the shit out of stuff that doesn't fucking work in the league. Like I'll, the only credit I'll give Kellen is, Last year, we tore his head off for not giving the ball to his playmakers. And in the first half of this game, even though they had two turnovers and it wasn't like they were scoring a ton, they did. They were making positive it was all like, impact and on Lamb. offense Lamb going towards targets. their two guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and I do Pollard think had Pollard stayed in this game, like, touches, yeah. yeah, I think if Pollard stays in this game, there's a very good chance they capitalize. And like, end Which up if you're going to lose, that's how you got to go out losing. For sure. 
However, once Pollard went out of this game, we had no fucking idea what to do. Did and... Davis even get a snap after that? Because it, no, no. it felt like after Pollard was out, like, let's run Pollard plays to put Zeke in there. With Zeke, exactly. Yeah. It, they, they, it, it drives they me clear that they just feel so much better about the protection with Zeke back there. That's just clear. I, I, I know it. I think that's the crutch that they use. It's just they, they, they. But like, I mean, I, I pointed this out. out so on them. the, on the, on the muff punt play, they run Zeke. There's a play where they have Noah Brown over on the right side. They pull him across the formation in motion to throw a block against the right side D end. That's create. That's supposed to create a gap between the left tackle and Noah Brown. Zeke runs dead into Tyler Smith's back and falls down. Like he's not even seeing holes like he used to. Like Zeke used to have elite field vision. I don't think he does anymore. So ultimately, like I came away from this. I mean, here's the thing. Last year, I, f- I remember feeling like I don't know what we can do. Like we have all these weapons. We didn't, we, we don't use them correctly. I don't know what to do. This year, I come out of this saying, we have a very good, if not great, young defense that can win playoff games. Like, you can win with this defense. You're keeping the coordinator that's built this defense. Practically two shutouts in the playoffs. Absolutely. I think, if you, especially if you get a second cornerback for this defense, like, all respect to Deron Bland. He's done great, but he's, you know, I would prefer to see him in the slot. It, Jordan is probably going to move along. He's... We're just not going to be able to pay what Jordan will probably warrant five, six million a year for a slot corner. Deron Bland can play slot. You get a second corner for this defense. I think they can be an elite unit. Um, but I came away feeling a, a, a real lack of firepower on offense. When you're in those moments, you have to have guys that, like, if your scheme isn't working, if the other guy's scheme is, you need people that can beat their athletes one-on-one, and we have one of those guys. C.D. Lamb can go up against the Jair Alexanders, can go up against like anybody and get it, make his own separation. Um, Schultz cannot. Noah Brown cannot. Oh, Michael yeah. Gallup used to be able to. He can no longer. Um, and and I again like we you know I'm sure that there is one quarterback in this league who can make that kind of thing work, and it's Pat Mahomes. There aren't Pat Mahomes is just waiting in the wings. I don't know if we can do better than Dak in the foreseeable future. Like every team every year tries to be better than Dak, and four to eight of them have succeeded. Um, what you can do for sure is get better than Michael Gallup, better than Schultz, and better than Noah Brown. And if you do that, I think you can definitely make a run. I'm, I came away from this basically being like, I want to do like a maybe not as extreme as the Rams. Cause like they're going to be dead for a decade. They don't have, I don't think they have a first round pick until like 2030, but I want to see us push all the chips into the middle. I want to see the Cowboys basically like you need to decide between a, a true rebuild or a true all in effort, because right now what you end up with is these situations where it's like, I don't know if Dak can't win, because again, I don't think there's that many quarterbacks I, that could win with what they had on I, the field by the end of this Niners game. I I always struggle with people who say, and look, I said to Zach has quoted me on. I did say at one point, I, I I've I've definitely wavered in faith on on Dak a little bit, but I think if you, you accept him we, for what he is, you said we'll never win with Dak. I did, but I was frustrated. <laughs> um, but I will say, I will say that. Uh, 
look, I mean, here are the guys who've made Super Bowl runs in like recent memory. Nick Foles, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, shit, Brock Purdy, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. Like, none of these guys are clear-cut better than Dak Prescott. None of them. Maybe Stafford, and even that's shaky at best to me. You have to you have to squint your eyes if you're if you're gonna make that comparison. Now, what do they have in common? A lot of those guys were either coached by Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. So they and, have, and or a combination of being coached by those guys and having the at the time best boom. receiver in the world. Or Julio or Jones peak, Cooper Cup peak. Well, yeah, and, and that's it. That's exactly where I was going to. You either need to have to make a run. With guys like that, you have to have elite talent or elite play calling. We've done a lot of Kellen Moore bashing on this. I hope this was his last game ever being our coordinator. If it's not, we'll see. He he clearly has got an offense that can put up points, especially against bad opponents. They've certainly figured out if they have more talent than you, and by they I mean Dallas, if we have more talent than you, I think he's gotten good enough that they've figured out how to expose that and how to put on your weak, you know, push your weak buttons. But if you have more talent than us, they, which when you get to the playoffs and you're trying to go from one of the best eight teams to the best four teams to the best two teams, they have not shown an ability to move the ball against those guys. They have not shown an ability to score points on those guys. And that's, I agree with you. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll add, I'll, uh, I'll piggyback off that to quote, uh, legendary NFL head coach, Bill Parcells. Uh, Obviously, the Cowboys don't have the top, top, top quality quarterback in Dak Prescott, but I do think he's good enough to win with. Uh, he can win a championship. Uh, the Super Bowl winning coach said he likes what he sees from the team on defense, but the offense, particularly the play calling of Kellen Moore, is hurting and holding the team back. So from what Parcells sees, he thinks like, this, I mean, and, and I think I don't think that's too outside the bounds of logic that like if the rule is you have to have a top three quarterback to win the Super Bowl, then you're kind of just SOL. Like those guys say, just Mahomes, don't, I was gonna say Mahomes and Allen and whoever would be trading and Burrow Super Bowls should like, just only win. Yeah, yeah, like, they would be trading it, yeah. Super Bowls like Nadal and Federer. You yeah. Know? And and don't get me wrong, that? like Sorry, they do a little bit. Like <laughs> Okay, no, I just wanted to say, like, hold on, my computer just started giving me errors. We hear you. For You're fine over here. <sighs> Fucking shit. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> okay. Edit I unplugged edit my microphone, so I'm surprised you guys heard me. You're probably okay. speaking into your mic. Oh, now you finally sound good. You've been okay. speaking into your computer mic. For there sure. we go. All right, um... Yeah, I don't feel like we, we don't scheme our guys open. You know, it's kind of back to what you know, part of Andy was talking about, like we need to have faster guys. But I feel like our game plan is always just we need to have better guys. Our guys just need to be faster. I don't feel like Kellamore scores, like, schemes people open. It's just basic routes and just hoping that we're better. And we kick ass when we play worse teams. When we play teams that are better or about equal to us, it's just three and outs. No one's open. No one can make throws over and over and over again. And it's honestly, I was reading this today and I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it again. Basically talking about the similarities between how Cowboys play versus how Boise State plays. And it's basically the same thing. They beat the shit out of weak teams. 
but they'll they never win championships and never really do anything because when yeah. they play teams that are about equal or better than they are, they just look like complete shit because their scheme is just basically run. Well, look, be going faster. back to, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Zach. And I, I was going to say, going back to your your Josh Allen comparison, Andy. Uh, I know it's a little different than what Zach was saying, but I just mean, like, when you look at a team that basically, re- their whole offense is, hey, you have Stefan Diggs, we don't have a great running game, we don't have any other options, really, go be Superman. And that's what yep. Dallas basically asked for Dak now. Now, now at least this season was, hey, now we have a little bit better running game than those teams do, but when the running game isn't there, which against a team like San Francisco is going to be tough, they they clearly struggle to to go chiefs with it or pass happy with it or well and 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 it's like it's i almost feel like that bucks game opening night two years ago almost hurt us because like they haven't done that people people decided that like oh dak can dak can go gunsling with the best of them and like on a good night he can like dak went you know, shot for shot with the Eagles on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like he went out and and torched the bucks, but like, I think ultimately we, what we use, like when Dak was a rookie, we were like, Hey, this guy's can develop and he can be good enough that if you have the right cast around him, he can be successful. And we got away from that to like, no, Dak can go win by himself. And I think ultimately like there just aren't that many guys that can do that with no talent. I mean, if Josh Allen's the second best quarterback in the NFL, that's if that's a, a theory that people accept, and he has one guy, and it's Stefan Diggs, who all respect to CD Lamb, who I love. Stefan Diggs is better than CD Lamb. If they can't do it, I don't know how we're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like four and I, four in the playoffs in Josh Allen's career. I, that, I guess what that ultimately means is that you have to have the number one quarterback, or you can't win. At least that way, which I think is probably true. Like. So ultimately, we have to get the two ways we know we can get better right now are offensive skill positions and play calling. And I think the Cowboys need to go address those this offseason. Like, and, and that's what, I think that's clear when, when you say right now, because I, I do want people to bring up, I, I guess for fans, about Dak. Like, there's just not a way to move on from him, either way from his contract and two, even if you want to go down that road, even if you were like, hey, we can't win with this guy, let's go draft the next guy. Like, by all means, push your chips in that 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 pile. Just know that there's a lot of franchises that have been playing that game for a long time. I was going to say, man, like sure. people people have just forgotten what the the era between Aikman and Romo was like. The ten years where the Cowboys tried every approach to finding the next guy and never won more than like eight games. The ever. Jet recently, the Bears recently, like it's tough. Man. The Bears ever. Too. The Bears ever. Yeah. The Bears have never had a quarterback. <laughs> Justin like Fields. Justin one. Fields might be the best quarterback the Bears have ever had in their franchise's history, and he like, might be twenty of the best. Yeah, in like the NFL you right can. Now. It is still even with unlimited resources and all the science and all the experience, like it's still kind of a crapshoot. And I, I'm not against them like going to find the next guy, right? Like if you want to like draft a guy and like put him up underneath Dak and like start having him learn because like hey, we don't think Dak's going to play till he's. 35 like i'm totally okay with that approach what i dislike is when i hear people that are like yeah we it's time for us to cut ties with dak i'm like okay well then you need to be okay with cutting ties with winning and like you're basically selling the rest of micah parsons because if a guy if you get rid of dak and you don't immediately hit on a qb 
Micah Parsons, the rest of his time on his rookie deal is going to be him winning seven games a year. And then when it's contract time, like Micah wants to win, he's going to go somewhere that already has a QB. Um, so I do think they have too much young talent to sell right now. Yeah. Now that's and, why I'm kind of in favor well, of this, like all in approach where it's like, go get the tools that will tell you black well, and white, whether or not Dak Prescott can win. Well, for that's you. Right. We'll talk about Dak's contract real quick. It's just that you can't cut him. You basically are paying oh, the exact not, same amount. You'd be so dumb to come. And he yeah. has a no trade clause, and he doesn't want to get traded because, let's be honest, he's not going to be getting all those sponsorship deals if he's the quarterback for the Falcons. No, well, no one is. Like, like being yeah, being the Cowboys quarterback is one of those special positions in sports. It's like being the shortstop for the Yankees or the point guard for the Lakers. Like it is, so there uh, is in, no, a, in an air above any other position. There is no realistic outcome that you can get rid of Dak and have any chance to do anything. You can that's get just, rid of him for spite and just be yeah. angry, but that's you hurting the team anyways. So, and and I will say I I get people's frustration because Dak is in a weird no man's land where he's not so obviously elite that like you're just ready to like you know I hope he's here for twenty years, but he also doesn't suck enough. For me and Ben used to talk about Ryan Tannehill, and he's a much more extreme example of this, and like significantly worse than Dak. But like when Tannehill was in Dal was in Miami, every year he would show a little bit of promise, just enough to where Dolphins he's fans Daniel Jones. Like, dude, next year, dude, yeah, Daniel Jones is exactly that's who Daniel this. Jones is right now. Yeah. Is who Ryan Tannehill was. It's yeah. like he always kind of maybe has the tools if everything goes right. He just put together his best season. Props to him. They won a playoff game against a fraud. But they want a playoff game. Congrats. And they're going to pay him. And it's going to be really hard to win once you pay that guy because he's just not that great. So you got to build some perfect shit around they're gonna, him. Dude, Dak they're gonna, is in a tier above pay, those guys. I know Saquon people don't want to hear that. He's above. Uh, Dak is them. above the Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill line. Wherever that is, I'm not saying he's way above it. I'm not saying he's in this class where. I feel like we're at a point in his career we've proven the other extreme where, like, he's just not – he can't put on a Superman cape. Like, he's proven that, at least in the playoffs. I was going to say right. that, yeah. Let me, let me give you guys Let me give you guys two QBs, all right? QB A. Uh, through the entire 2021 season, he had 4,407 yards, 36 touchdowns, 15 picks, and a rating of 92.2. QB B had 4,449 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, and a 104.2 rating. Would you call both of these from a statistical standpoint like comparable? Yeah, without looking at any rushing numbers that they've sure. provided, sure. Sure. Just those raw yeah. stats. Sure. Passing pa passing wise, they had similar performances. One had 50% more picks, but they're in the same stratosphere. Okay, QBA, the guy with 15 picks and 35 TDs and the 92 rating, that's Josh Allen in yep. 2021. The, oh, he's arrived. This guy's so elite now. This is the number two quarterback in all of football, maybe the best quarterback in all of football. And the guy with more yards, more touchdowns, fewer picks, and a higher pass rating is Dak Prescott. Now, I think I'm not going to sit there and tell you that just based on counting stats, Dak was better than Josh because, like, Josh won playoff games and there's rushing to account for. Um, what I am saying is that, like, based on where you are in your career and who you play for, the perception of a player can be radically altered. And I personally sure. think this that, is, like— And this is the time of year where those perceptions change the most.
Yeah. Dak, I mean, if Dak, Jalen Hurts had lost last week, he'd be getting shit on. If no matter I and I'll say this, I think even if Dak Prescott won on Sunday, if Dak wins the Super Bowl, there's still going to be a significant number of people that just shit on he, Dak anyway. And he, he got carried by the he got though. carried he by the defense tier, at least where and he's protected. He, he plays for the Cowboys, so people fucking hate him anyway. If Dak paid played for the Falcons, to your point, Zach, I think Dak would enjoy a more positive reputation. I oh, he would. But I'm just saying, I don't think Dak would trade for that. Of people are too Fuck mean no. to be here. Like, oh, oh no, absolutely I'll just break not. that up he's, in the sense that he's not going to be traded. He's no. weirdly, he's really reached that same point. Romwood, I mean, they're two and four. Their, their careers are, it's almost painful. They're two Dude, they and four. Are wildly two and four similar. in the playoffs. Not all those losses are in them. And they're both two and one in wild card round and 0 oh and three in divisional round. Like yep. it's wild. And in all the, in some of those round games, yeah, they played like shit. And some of them, they were pretty damn good and they lost. And this was one, unfortunately, I think what kills and if people have an anti Dak narrative, I mean, we've given the big picture to, to just narrow in on, on a small picture. It does feel if he could have just been a little bit better. Of course. In that game. Of course. If he could have just clearly outplayed Brock Purdy as a close to them lean like here, you know, I, I think, you know, Dallas walks away with a win and who knows what happens. And that's what's frustrating is that it, this was an opportunity where he didn't he didn't need him to be great. He didn't need him to be great in this game for them to to pull out a win. And he just uh unfortunately the interceptions found a way. And then late in the game, they just they couldn't get anything. And I, I yeah. think there's context behind it for sure. It just it would have been if he could have found something that two minute warning or, or that last drill, right? And giving you that one drive where you're like, fuck yes, man, that's what we want. That moment. He had a chance to have that moment, and uh it sucks that he couldn't rise to that occasion, right? Like do I do I think it changes him in the grand scheme? No, we have a hundred games of Dak Prescott to look at through his career. That one drive at the end of the game wasn't going to change anything in the grand scheme of it, but it would have, to y'all's point, changed perception, right? In the in the very uh, macro sense or micro sense. Yeah, I I agree, and I I think uh, I'm trying to find it. Ed Warder tweeted the other day, and I thought he put it well. Um, let me try to find this real quick because I think he came away probably feeling kind of similar about uh, the situation as far as just like Dak through two Dak through two picks. That's that's not going to be good enough in that situation. At the same time, like we kind of we could have coming into this game, we kind of we were even into this season, we probably would have we probably could have known that like. If you if you put Dak Prescott across the field from the best defense in football and you give him one playmaker and have him go, the chances of his yeah. success are like fifty percent or below. And like that's probably true for a lot of quarterbacks, but we just can't. We need to do everything in our power I, to minimize the chances of that situation I know occurring. The, I know the Eagles fans are are of course raining on a parade. We do the same shit if it was reversed, or I, I should I shouldn't say raining on a parade. I should say uh. uh Enjoying our funeral is probably a better better way to say it and 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 lapping it up and, and loving it. If you switched Jalen Hurts and Dak's like place where they are, I know the Eagles run a very specific offense. Dude, Dak would fucking ball if he gave him oh my God, Brown dude. and Devontae. We've seen it. So yeah. and he would have beat the Giants team because he beat that Giants team twice already with with worse offensive talent. So and if you put Hurts on this team, I'm not sure. Once again, we saw Hurts last year. 
He's made big strides. I give him credit. But, like, I, I just want people to be honest about it. If you gave him less weapons, he would be worse. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs the season prior to this and the season prior to that. They took away his favorite weapon in Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers looked pedestrian as fuck all season long. Absolutely. Like, you you need weapons to succeed. You know, or you need it. I'm out of people actually break floating the idea of like, do you think the Cowboys should go for Rogers? Oh, I've seen Tom Brady. <laughs> I've seen Rogers. I've seen Lamar like tons of, which just like, man, like people do not understand one that like guys like, I mean, Brady looked lost. Yeah. Playing and, against and us. Another one too about Brady. He left the last year in new England. Looked like shit. His first year in Tampa, they win a Super Bowl, and he had an incredible year because he got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio yeah. Brown, and a good play caller. Like these guys, yes, there are quarterbacks elevate their team. I think Dak elevates the team because I think Dalton Schultz would be a fucking nobody on half the teams in the league, and he has a quarterback that gives him ten targets a game. But by the same notion, like outside of. I would say probably Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle who elevate Tua and not the other way around. Like, I, I don't. Brock, Brock Purdy is right now down. being elevated by his oh, dude, his weapon Brock set. Brock Purdy in, in 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 this mythical sense, dude. He's been he's been and look, he's been very good given the situation. But let's not act like he's an incredible quarterback. He's he's got the best play caller in all of football, and he's got weapons galore and again like do you think kyle shanahan if right now he can be just have dak prescott stroll across the field and put on a niners uniform do you think he would take that absolutely yes. and look he this is the brock party was 19 of 29 for 214 yards and was sacked twice actually their qbr funny enough as people shit on qbr were almost identical in dak and brock i mean i i think brock probably played a little better just by default because they didn't turn it over twice but it wasn't like i left that game being like man brock purdy's a good quarterback like no. he was fine, he was fine. And again, good... Brock Pur- Brock Purdy was a couple like guys making big plays away from having just as like, many, if not Kittle more making turnovers. a juggling catch. Oh my god! And, right. and yeah. props to Kittle, that was, that was an incredible his, catch. Yeah, an All Pro made an All Pro play. That was thirty one of his two hundred yards. I guess we could say the same thing. I mean, the Ceedee Lamb fifty yard catch was twenty five percent of Dak's production for sure. So, and and I'll I mean, give I'll it, give but... a you know Dak missed some of those too, like. Late in the game, Gallup, Gallup got open, one, and yeah. and he missed he missed Gallup badly. What I said play. the one where he he made the wrong Ceedee Lamb and and Ty both go yep. up, and Ty uh uh was the open He's running guy. Free. And, yeah, and he, look, the... he did a pressure straight in his face, so he threw it quick and he threw it to CD. But yeah, he had a so he, he threw had a chance it, there once again to like a to yard behind CD. Or was that a different play? Oh yeah. yeah, that was on their third, that was like the last that was on one of their tries. Plays. Yeah, under like third that and was five. The play I, I wanted CD so badly was the one where Dak threw it down the seam and CD was going to make the catch like around Fred Warner. He like came so close to making that play and it was yeah, just like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, improperly located a little bit, but like it's it's so close to being one of those like signature moment plays that you're like, God, CD's a baller. But here's Ed, Ed the Ed Warder tweet I was looking for. Dak Prescott isn't beating the league's best defense throwing two interceptions. It's also not happening when he starts with two offensive playmakers and finishes with one. The front office failed this this QB with the Amari Cooper trade and never overcame it despite many attempts. I think that's true, man. I mean, the fact that they took a swing, weirdly desperate swings at basically every like every wide receiver that 
was breathing and willing to play football for a different franchise than they were currently tells you how, I mean, even they knew that like, man, you take the team last year that came up short in the playoffs offensively and you remove Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper from it. And Leo Collins. And you know, Zeke's another year older, like Pollard, Hides that wart pretty nicely because he had an incredible year. CD um, Lamb did too. CD Lamb, Lamb came on. I mean, here's the here's the thing. The saving grace of this team was that they did get better. Like their players developed. Like Pollard and Lamb took big steps. Forward. Yes. Can we talk about also how in this playoff game, Micah Parsons finally played the way that like I've been wanting him to play all year. At like they did didn't the just have him rush the passer. It was so great, oh. dude. I loved seeing Micah play linebacker and like move all over the field and. It was awesome. I loved it. The defense, I don't have a single bad thing to say about them. They they got even the touchdown drive. I, I didn't have as big the 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 Hankins hold was weird. The the fucking hold on Deron Bland on a third and ten sack. That's just I fucking hate that because that was never uh, going to that, impact. Was it Bland or was it Donovan? I thought it was Donovan Wilson who oh, got I thought the, they called the on Bland. Penalty. I don't remember, but either way. That, so shitty, man. That was such a shitty moment for that to happen. Um, oh, and look, you held you held a, a San Francisco team that the year before gashed you on the ground, or at yep. least pretty well. Thirty-two yeah. carries for one thirteen, three and a half yards. You held Christian McCaffrey to ten for thirty-five and his one TD from two yards. And you held Debo Samuel, who who was quite effective against you last year, four carries for eleven yards. Let me ask you this. Did Leighton Vanderesh play himself into a new deal? Yeah, he should get re-signed. I hope so. I agree. Depending I on agree. the numbers, you you need to. You don't look. Jabril Cox, a guy that did not take a step forward, and they're yep. they're relying way too much on Damone Clark, who's just yeah. a rookie. He he's might just come a guy up at the moment. He's just a he's a fourth round or fifth round rookie. Who we'll see. But, I I'm really hoping LVE is back. It's I think one of the big question marks for this team in the offseason is definitely going to be they have some guys to re-sign. Um, particularly, you know, for the last decade, the running game has been a core identity to this Cowboys team. And this year it was a weird situation. You know, the, the Pollard like came on, um, but they, they didn't seem to like hold that to the core of their identity like they once did, but it seems like, you know, this off season, they have to answer some tough questions about what is the future of the run game in Dallas? Like you have Zeke Elliott, who. I think everyone knows the writing on the wall is there. He's already it's it's already kind of leaked that like he's made it known that he's willing to take a big pay cut to stay in Dallas. There's really not a market for Zeke. Yeah, um, and look, he knows being in Dallas with a star where he can still do he can still get gigs and commercials yeah. and shit. He's still a star. I mean, if he leaves Dallas, even if someone else signs him, he's not a star on another team. No. Other fan no. bases aren't going to give a shit about Zeke, so they're gonna they're gonna come to something. I I don't, I don't want them to. I, I don't trust don't them either. with Eddie I, Zeke. We I, get Zeke on this team. We're gonna run him first down. We're gonna run with the gut. We're gonna I, waste. I, I just think I even if him. he comes to a contract resolution where he's not getting paid eleven million dollars or fourteen, or I guess it was thirteen and a half, then he's. <laughs> it's not good for the product on the field at this point. No, I think there's only one situation where what you're describing, Zach, doesn't happen, and that's that a bigger, younger star comes to Dallas. So if they go sign, if they go draft Bijan Robinson, then Zeke will take the back seat and they will run Bijan. Um what what is he good for Dallas? 
pass block. I mean, he's he, he scored twelve touchdowns. He, he, he scored four touchdowns. touchdowns. He's a he is a tough. Is that even what he thing, does? Not replaceable, like easily no, replaceable. No, what he does is replaceable. Easily sure. replaceable. But if but if, if if it was that easy, every team would have a guy that scored twelve touchdowns, and they don't. But you don't need to pay him what you pay him for it. Now. How much would you guys be willing to pay him? I don't want him back because I think you're right. I don't want him back either. He's got to come if back. Gonna, I, if he's going to come back, it has to be less than five. I mean, I don't know how much you say. I, I was thinking that's where I'm at with it. Is, four is the most that I would be acceptable with. But I don't think you'll get there because I don't think 50. so either. Also, I, I'd rather three, but he's not going to get that. That'd be a slap in the face tool, but it's fair. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, like once you go under, I mean, okay, honestly, like the difference between five and three doesn't yeah. doesn't make that big of a difference. Like, there's no it's the message. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was gonna there's... say gar- garbage wide receivers get like eight a year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that you know Cedric Wilson went to Miami and had like eight catches and is making you know more than that. So thinking like six and a half. Um, so I think they are going to have to answer that question. I, it pains me to say, but like after, especially after the situation with Gallup, I just cannot see them even tagging. Uh, Pollard. Pollard. Yeah. It, well, I yeah, think we, they will. We, no, I think, well, we need to have a conversation about Tony. And I, I, I want to start it by saying that sucks. Absolutely. That oh my God. It broke, yeah. My heart breaks I, for him, dude. Not, not just because of us in the moment, but because like, this not, is the only contract he's ever going to get. Yeah. And he definitely lost millions of dollars by getting hurt in this game. And I don't know. I And I, I don't think Dallas should bring him back, whatever the number is. I, I just don't know how you rectify giving a running back maybe a tag. And even that, I, I just feel would be better served money elsewhere. So. There's the, the position is just become so replaceable i it, the only the only like remaining positive about the running back position from a value standpoint is that it's probably alongside maybe wide receiver sometimes and maybe quarterback sometimes is it's the only position along with those other two in some cases uh the position where you get val- this the your money's worth in the first round like when got when you pay first round money for a white for a running back, you often get that value that year. But after that first contract is over, you almost never get it. Whereas, you know, quarterbacks in their late twenties, they tend to elevate. Um it's it is awful. I, I'm especially given the nature of the injury, like a guy whose like primary attribute is his just insane cutting ability and his top end speed to break his fibula and crush his ankle and then need a three month healing process and surgery. Um, you know, he won't see the field again until at least March. So you hope he's back by camp. Um, based on what we've seen from Gallup, man, I'm just like, I, I used to just view before Gallup, I viewed injuries very differently. And now I'm just scared to death. I just can't imagine them giving the guy the money. Back over a year and a half before he started feeling comfortable running again. Yeah. I give, and, and look, they we call it a five-year deal with Gallup. There's outs really after two, probably 
after three for sure. You, so, you can't, you, you really, I mean, you can cut you Gallup like whenever you want, but it doesn't make any sense to cut Gallup until next summer. He basically has this, you're going to pay him to not play. Year, and look, he, if you bring in an elite guy next to him, he might be fine. I think he'd yeah. be fine. He's an NFL capable wide receiver, but that's. If you ask Gallup to play thing. Noah Brown's position, that's totally acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. But look, he gave you zero catches or zero yards in a big playoff game, and you pay him thirteen million. Yep, like that fucking abysmal. Um, so Spotrack, I was just looking, has this is, you know, they they always do like market value for a guy. So Dalton Schultz market value, he's a big name that tagged him. He's basically like going to get Dawson Knox money, like three for forty two. Which is crazy, dude. Like I looked it up. I looked it up today. Like he David is, Njoku. He gets funny. less. He gets less separation than like he. He's in the bottom half of the NFL in separation per route. He's just like, a guy. Like he's a he's a yeah. checkdown guy. He's he's he's, a he's Laurent Robinson in tight end. You can, you can and look. They hit on him in the fourth round. Congratulations, you got good value from him. In a way, a lot of people never get value from a fourth round tight end. Good job. Don't pay him now. I, I think what's frustrating about Dallas is two things are true. One, they do an excellent job at drafting yep. and talent evaluation. They've done it for many drafts. So yes, they have a few misses in there. Everyone does. But they have done a great job at building the initial team. And then part two, they do a terrible job of deciding who to pay and when to pay them. Yep, They're awful at it. And that's what I worry about with Schultz. You did a great job drafting him. He gave you five years. I don't even think you needed to tag him this year, but you did to maybe get these two rookies built up and get some. Bro, I, I, I'll say it right now. I already think Ferguson is gives you more than Dalton Schultz. Like, if you give given, him snaps, if, yeah. if you get, yeah, if you gave him all the snaps that Schultz gets, Ferguson does stuff in the open field that Schultz has never done already. Like, I've already seen Ferguson off the top of my head. There are three plays this year that Ferguson made, and his like five snaps a game that he plays where he did something athletically that I know Schultz isn't capable of. I'm fully confident that Hendershot and Ferguson can take the load. By the way, even if they don't draft a running back next year, there are so many free agent running backs that are going to be out there that I, I just don't think they even need to, to think about paying Pollard. I mean, yeah, Pollard's a free agent. I don't want them um, to, but I, I don't know. My gut tells me they're going to franchise tag them. And look, that, that may like not be terrible. I just think you could use that money elsewhere. Honestly. Oh, um, absolutely. I don't, I don't want him back. I like him a lot. I've and, always liked him, but at this point, I don't want to pay him. And I want to say this clearly because we probably have some Texas fans who listen and, and just people who pay attention to the draft. Does Aaron if, Jones really make $20 million a year? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I didn't know it was that much. I knew he got His, Okay, that's cap hit. His total cash is he makes 16 which is crazy. He signed four for 48 last year. So twelve. Zeke is the fifth highest paid running back by yeah, total cash. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Pollard's even projected four for thirty-seven is what Spotrac, which I think is probably low. That's ten million a year. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I don't know what they do. Uh, running back though, it, it is replaceable. It'll suck for Tony Pollard. I hope he heals. Like I I hope he kills it somewhere else. I, I saw a pretty good tweet that somebody put out, and I'd give him credit if I could remember, but it's like, uh, I love Tony Pollard, and it's absolutely essential he plays somewhere else next year. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I yeah. think that's a good way to phrase it. 
Um, what do we have more on this game, guys? I mean, where do you want to go? I, I know we you should we the Cowboys sign Saquon Barkley. Yep. Of course. Oh, I mean that changes everything. Have you seen his calves, man? Have you Rex seen Burkhead's also things? a free agent? Bring in Josh, anyone who, who played in Dallas. Dude, it'd point. be tight if Josh Jacobs would come to Dallas and pay for, play for cheap. I would do that. <laughs> he probably is getting the biggest bag of any free agent running back. He, he's going to get a huge bag, and he's also like basically illiterate. So I think as long as – the only part of that contract he's going to read is the numbers. Um, You know the other thing we didn't talk about in this game? I thought people were, were a little harsh, but a game of inches, like – Kevonte Turpin uh, finally had his moment, had a great return, and also multiple great returns. Also, probably could have housed that if he cut the other way. Bad. I cut. don't want to be too hard, but the he, last he had, cut. he had like he had three returns over thirty yards, and so he did his job. Yes, but even in the room at the time, all of us were like, "Why would you spin move there? That's a strange." You know, he, right, he ran into the kicker like he. He he clearly saw the linebacker coming this way, getting blocked. Which I think if he goes to the corner, he's gonna oh, beat yeah. him anyway. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like then you cut to the middle, and it's like you still probably could have gone around him the other way, the kicker. And he just yeah. tried. I think he. I honestly think he just thought the kicker would whiff him. And yeah, he didn't. probably. I don't know. That what a sucked. difference that makes, dude. But yeah, that's the thing. In a game like this, you didn't need a ton to go right to win. But you didn't get that return to go your way. You didn't get the digs pick when you could have. Kittle had the juggle. You had the two picks. It is what it is. It sucks. Again, they can't get past the divisional round. I I, I do think Andy. I felt the same way. I wasn't as sad because we we didn't lose to Tampa. They ultimately lost a game they weren't supposed to win. But once again, if not now, then when? When are you ever going to yeah. be? At some point, you're going to have to beat a team that's better yep. than you or as good as you. And they just have never done it in the playoffs. They never do. Yep, so. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what their their operating procedure is for this offseason because I I feel like I've heard based on my reading of the fan base like out there in the internet ether there's like some people that want to rebuild now, like they think it's time to move on from a lot of these guys like Dak included. Then there's I think people that are in the same camp I'm in which is like this team is close. Like there's a lot of pieces of this team that are championship caliber and to to blow up something that is this close to being championship ready would suck. Because um, ultimately, I think the Niners have a good chance of like going all the way. And if you're that if you are capable of beating the team that is uh, in that position, like you're doing enough right to where you I, you owe it to yourself and to your fans to like see what you can maximize. Um, my hope is. And obviously, we're going to do a whole like draft preview show and whatnot. But I want to see them fill the what I consider to be like, you know, two primary holes. And I'm calling one cornerback and one offensive playmaker, right? Like, give me guys that go fight for the ball and give me guys that go play across from Diggs. Take away the ability of teams to just throw at someone who isn't Trayvon Diggs. And I think you can really frustrate some NFL teams because we've seen it multiple games now where teams come in to play the Cowboys and their entire offense is to just chuck the ball at whoever is not being covered by Trayvon Diggs. And it's, it's not that effective. Look, Dan, Dan Quinn, I think finally there was a lot made that Kyle Shanahan was going to outdo Dan Quinn. I don't think that happened. The only no. thing that, 
that happened was we didn't force a turnover for, you know, and that <sighs> sucks. But they had an opportunity. So they got they got one on special teams. It, oh, you're again, right. So we did. We had one special. The the turnovers are so frustrating because like. And again, like none of these are quote unquote drops, right? Like they're not like, oh my God, that's easy and you fucked it up. It's just like if a little bit of luck goes your way. And, and you know, I've heard Nate Newton say that like championship teams are comprised of like discipline, talent, and a little bit of luck. And it always seems like the little bit of luck is lacking from the Dallas Cowboys equation for sure. Not that we have those other two in spades. Because so you look at philly and someone pointed out philly's going to like their seventh nfc championship game since we last went to one or some crazy bullshit in the 2000s because they went to like five with McNabb, one with Foles, and now one with hertz and like wow. the Foles run that was a lot of luck going your way even oh my this, god yeah even this hurts one they were great in the regular season dude they played Give me a break. You, you texted me at the time you were like can you imagine if our 2016 team or our 2014 team's Line up for the playoffs was sit on your ass for a week and then play the Giants. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> so they had one chance. It was the Romo era team in 2007, and that was the first year he was the thing. And he choked. He had a bad game, and Patrick yep. Creighton had the drop. But well, and like that, in 2014, like they did, they did do it, and they got fucked. So again, the luck rears its head. Like I don't know what you can do there to like alter. Oh, it sucks. It sucks. But yeah, I mean. This year compared to last year, like I said at the front of top of the podcast, like I feel like there's a direction to go. It does feel like there's things they can do to improve this team. Can I ask y'all something? Sure. McCarthy, three seasons in, honest thoughts. I want to start with Zach. Not whether you keep him or they wouldn't, just your honest thoughts. Yeah, your mic, though. He's okay. Muted. I'm fine with him. I'm not in love with them, but I mean, we've had good seasons. We didn't mm-hmm. do all that bad, all this considering the season that got injured. Well, we completely and, sucked. And Dak got injured this year, and he won. He won four. Yeah, he went four like, and one without Dak this year. I'm fairly happy with them. Okay, I don't really have any major complaints. I don't well, want to move on from them. What What percentage of that is because we don't know what Mike does? Like, all he, we have uh, to go on is results. Like, he doesn't balance. call plays. Like, if he was calling the offense, we'd have plenty of complaints about Mike. If he was calling defense, we wouldn't. But, like, you know what I mean? So, like, the fact that Mike's role is kind of like the CEO, all you can really go on is, like, the bottom line. And in a football team, that's wins. So, like, he's turned yeah. into 12 win seasons in a row. That's that's pretty fucking good. I mean, I can't complain there. I wish they'd win. Go I wish they'd go past the divisional round, but it's tough to fire a guy that's on a roll like that. So I hope, I hope he has the latitude to fire. Now here's the issue. When Mike was given the freedom to bring in his own coordinator. Okay. He did this once. That coordinator was the first defensive coordinator we had before we got Dan. What was that guy's name? I don't remember. I hated him. Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan. Holy fuck, dude. Was that a disaster? Yeah. I hope that if they do decide to move on from Kellen Moore, that they make the correct decision and go get like we need a modern offense. Like, <laughs> I as as much as I'll shit on Kellen, I don't want it to be like, yeah, we're going to be a team that scores eighteen points a game and we beat people that way either. I don't want it to turn into that. Like Ben was Ben and I were both at Tech when you know. 
Mike Leach had gone and they brought in Tommy Tuberville and he was like, we run the NASCAR offense now. And it was like, he was basically just like trying to run the same offense like OU ran. And it was like, come on, man, this is Texas Tech. We don't have that kind of capability. Like, I don't want the Cowboys to lose their ability to score a lot of points. I think that's a great tool to have in the modern NFL. So hopefully they can find a, the next Sean McVay, the next Kyle Shanahan, you know, go get one of these young up and coming signal callers to come be the OC for the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I, for me on Mike, I think the largest criticism people have from him besides just not sounding like a rot, not giving you the Dan Campbell sure. quote and tweets is, is game and clock management. I heard him get killed during this game. The only point, the only time at any point did I get a little mad was I thought when Dak got sacked, when it was three minutes left and we got the ball back and he got sacked on third and 10, they took an awful long time to punt there. Agreed. That's the only, that's the only place I thought they fucked up clock management. The last drive was a complete shit show, but they were never going that. And the last play sucked, but they were never going 76 yards in one play. Like that shit was gone. Last year, even the clock management wasn't great. I, I still, I'm kind of with Dave Hellman said this. I still don't think the Dak sneak in that draw was the worst play. They just fucked up getting yeah. the clock snap. Yeah. Like, so I don't even think, I, I guess my point is, I don't even think his clock management blunders, I think they're overblown. So I'm with you guys that I actually like Mike and coming back. And I think sure. he deals with the circus well. I think the fact that he was like Green Bay before. And look, he, he does have the hardware on the mantle that matters to guys. I've heard, I've watched basketball documentaries. Before. I heard Shaq say, or, you know, when Shaq and Kobe were coming up, and they had to bring in Phil Jackson because they had other coaches in there and they didn't respect him. And he could say, Hey, I have six of these fucking things. Do you guys want one? Well, I can say, Hey, I won for one of these fucking things. Yeah. Dan Quinn can say, Hey, I've been to one of these things that matters to the guys in that locker room. Well, and like, what did we see when like Matt Patricia went and coached the lions? Like he went and tried to kind of be Belichick and they, everyone I've heard talk about those teams universally says that those lions teams responded to him by being like, yeah, dude, Belichick gets to act like that. Cause he's won. You haven't won shit. So like, you don't get to like, you know, play this role. You don't have the rings. So yeah, I think you have a point there for sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's perfect. Do I think he's the best coach in the NFL? No. Do I think he gets undercredited for back-to-back twelve wins and no one ever talks about him coach of the year? Yeah, it's probably because he doesn't. No one really knows what he does. But I do think these are two of the best seasons that they've had back-to-back. They get Jason Garrett to- coach of the year for like doing better than he he had previously done you know mike mike if mike had won five games last year and then 12 this year he might be in the running for coach of the year Now we'll see we'll see what they do next year because after 12 back-to-back 12 win years expectations are going to be as high as they ever had for a dallas team yeah and Mm -hmm. i think especially if they they handled this last off season the the expectations that got lowered and the fact that san fran murdered them but if they win again and they get to 12 wins, all the chat. No one's going to be able to enjoy the season next year. It'll suck. Everyone's going to be like, well, let's see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Choke. I mean, or even this year, dude, it was tough. Like, compared to last year, like, last year felt magical for a minute. Like, those, especially those first, like, six, seven weeks of the year. Oh, yeah. We were just having such a good time being like, is this it? Is this a special team, you know? This year, like, dude, at one point, this motherfucker were like, nine and two, nine and three or whatever. And we were like, 
all right, well, we'll see what happens. You know, like you never know. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, damn it, dude. I, we got to be able to enjoy the ride a little bit. I think Barbie's because we were never really after the first Eagles games. We were never really in competition to win the division. Yeah, and that's part very of it. Like, we're, we're doing good, but so are all the teams around us. Once we beat the Eagles on Christmas, we had like a brief period of confidence, and then like we played like shit yeah. a couple times, and we were like, never mind. <laughs> like, and when such they didn't, the defense played great. Like they didn't crater the way the offense did last year. I thought they played great in the playoffs. The offense played great for one game, and then they ran up against the best defense in football, and they didn't. I just don't think they had the dudes. If you want to put that on Dak's shoulders, yes, I think he played poorly. He played like shit, but they didn't have the guys to, they, to do they it. They didn't right. have the dudes. They they had the dudes to put up 20, so they did have the dudes to win, but they didn't have the dudes to kick this defense's ass. No, well, and then when you lose half the dudes, like that's – and not only do you lose the production of Pollard, there's the psychic shock of losing Pollard where like we, I mean, you guys watch sounds from the sidelines, you know, that like on the bench, they're like, Oh hell yeah, dude. TP is about to house this shit. Like there's confidence knowing that you have guys on your team that can do that kind of thing. And then when you watch that dude get carted off and you're like, fuck dude, like we need, this is a, a grinding game. That's going to be won by whoever has the ball last. Like, and we suddenly don't have, you know, one of the two really special weapons that this team is known for, like that can really hurt you. Um, it sucks. It sucks. So think, hopefully next, next year they come to the party with Mike. more. It's a huge year for Mike. I don't even know if it's a huge year for Dak because at the end of the day, so many people have made up their minds on where and what he is. Like at this point, style, right? And he's largely been a very successful quarterback. Like I think they at this point, just, we all know who Dak is. He's just two and four in the playoffs, and it goes back again that that'll be this bottom line. He's yep. going to have to he's going to have to connect basically what he did at Tampa. He's going to have to do two or three times in the playoffs next year, maybe more. And, and we'll see. I think if you get him the weapons, he can. I have lost a little bit of faith that he's consistently good enough to put together four great games. So I think you do need a pretty badass roster around him. But, yeah, I mean he's had a passer. He's he's had a passer rating like in the upper nineties or over a hundred every year for the last four years. He's been um, a top ten EPA per dropback QB every year, I believe, except for one, and that was this year. And yeah, and so, again, like the 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 picks sucked this year. I don't. Again, I think if you upgrade the weapon set, like, and get a little he, bit better play caller, yes. Definitely. The question does become, and I saw someone say, is Dak probably has a master class in this offense and knowing how to run it after so long. Is the potential of getting a new OC worth the risk? I say absolutely, but but it is worth pointing out. I think Dak Rogers smart enough. for a while too, right? Rogers yeah. and LaFleur took a while to click. It didn't yeah. look pretty right away. Like right after they got rid of Mike, their first season, you know, it took a while for him to click in LaFleur's style because Rogers likes West Coast offense and the floor had to convince him to run his shit, his tree. So yeah. if you bring in a guy, you would have to I think you listen to your quarterback, but you know, depending what system he brings in, you would have to get him on board. And it, it, a lot of that depends on Mike. I think I think Mike has a, a bigger impact on what would what be your opinion of Jerry Jones picks up the phone, makes a little call Little vo vo voice goes across the phone lines, going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. across I'm the globe. You. Okay, over on a beach in Bangkok, Thailand, phone rings. A, a a a beautiful man picks up the phone. Hey Jerry, it's Cliff Kingsbury. What's going on, brother? Hey Cliff. 
Cliff, what are you doing, brother? You want to come? Co- you want to come be the OC for the Dallas Cowboys, brother? Now look, Cliff sucks ass as a head coach. I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that. But you can call the shit out of an offense. All right, he sucks at everything else. He shouldn't be put in charge of anything. Let's say he he can coach a quarterback. I don't know how great of a play caller he is. He can absolutely elevate a quarterback individually, which would be interesting. Fair. To see. I I I think. Okay, maybe bring on Cliff as like QB coach slash offensive <laughs> consultant, and then find that one year they had like six coaches and we didn't know what they did. They had like a passing game coordinator, a run game. They what was what was uh, Richard's title? It was like he was the passing game. Coordinator. Yeah, passing game coordinator. You were like, what does that mean? You're like he does the defense for passing. Like, but he called the plays, insane. and they never yeah. did call the play. And Rod Marinelli didn't the... call the defense, but he was the DC. Like, what Marinelli does that mean? Was the then? DC, and they had a. <laughs> They had a fuck. Who was it? The I guess it wasn't Ryan. I forget. They had the other guy who was in the booth as a special consultant to the yeah. Team. It was very weird, dude. The NFL man. It's just a whole bunch of buddies giving each other checks for sure. Oh, I I don't know. I mean, if they bring in Cliff Shirt because it's something new, could it absolutely crash and burn and Dak and the offense look worse? Hell yeah. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not, I mean, Zach have talked. I'm not even saying Kellen's a shitty coordinator anymore. I, I just think that there's limitations and that good defenses know exactly what he does. I, I don't think he has enough wrinkles. I don't think him, I don't think he has learned how to throw enough counter punches yet to what Agreed. people like to do to him. Because he called a hell of a game against Tampa. We gave him that credit. And they did on that fourth and four, they schemed CeeDee Lamb, of all people, wide fucking open. And again, like... Kellen seems to have an unlimited bag of tricks for when he's ahead. Like if he gets ahead of you and you're like trying to if play catch up to Kellen, oh, yeah. he'll kill you. But in these dog fights, man, Kellen Moore doesn't have the goods. And when you get to the unless we are building some team that's going to somehow in the era of more parity than there's ever been in the NFL, we're going to be 10 times more talented than a team we play in the Super Bowl. Dude, we're gonna have to be able to win dogfights. It just is what it is. Yeah, and I, I just think it's time. We've seen it. We see you can't yep. you have to change up something. I mean, you can't say that if you win 24 and 10 over two seasons, which is incredible, and would have you above everyone, you can't be one and two in the playoffs, even if those losses were to the same team that's very good and has beaten a lot of other people too. Like yep. you have to Agreed. if you want to move from like even he's like a college football reference. If you want to be, you know, at the big boy table and you want to like Michigan state or someone, you know, you're like, Oh, we got to beat Michigan. We got to beat Ohio state. No, if you want to be the Ohio state or you want to be the Michigan, you got to, you're thinking beyond that. You're thinking titles, right? You're thinking beyond you don't. And that's what the Cowboys have to be. You can't just be thinking, Oh, we got to make the playoffs and beat the Eagles and go here. You got to be thinking, we want to be the best fucking roster in the NFL. And they have not, aggressively done that in free agency for a long time they, they have gotten like you mentioned they've they've done an incredible job evaluating and drafting talent but they got burned so often in the early 2000s by huge free agent acquisitions that they seem to have really gotten gun shy about pulling the trigger on big name free agents i would love to see them bring in someone it, it, you've got to bring in some talent for Dak. I th- I think they realize that. We shall see. But whether or not I, I think you address it in the draft, and then I think you gotta bring in a guy. And there's not a ton of names. The one I keep telling Andy, I like DJ Chark. 
bring him in for three for 30. I think he's 27. He's young. He's been, he's an NFL caliber wide receiver with some speed. Give me that. I like that. Um, I'm also a fan of uh, if, if the Niners don't just pour money on him from the ceiling, I would be a hundred percent down to go CD lamb, Brandon Ayuk, and a rookie. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, God, I'd love Ayuk. Ayuk's, Ayuk's, golly, he's good. And he didn't even have a great game against us because we played pretty well. But he would be, he would be a great, great addition for sure. So, yeah, man, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, oh, Noah Brown's wonder, a honestly, free agent this year. Shit, dude. Yeah. All right, never mind. Number one priority. <laughs> Load him up. I think, honestly, what's holding Noah back is that in his heart, he's a number one wide receiver. I think we got a deal CD and let got a free Noah Brown. Take the leash off, dude. <laughs> I'm looking at what Spotrack thinks DJ Chark's value is next year. Nine and a half per. Basically three for 30. I can, I can get down. How old is he? Four for, four for 42. He's 26, will be 27 next year. I'll tell you who got you. You mentioned it the other day. If we could have gotten the Jacksonville deal for fucking, oh, uh, what's his name? Gambling bro. Um, uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, dude, that would be so tight. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look who else. Sterling Shepard, eh? But he's a, he's he's fine. He's just always hurt. Nelson There's, Snags galore. Alan Nelson Aguilar is like the number one, like the highest paid free agent, and. What's oh. interesting is uh, Jacoby Myers for New England. I don't hate. Yeah, and you know, there's He's Marvin also Jones. Get Randall Cobb is still getting $9 million a year somehow. Um, AJ Green, Juju Smith-Schuster, man. Talk about a fall from grace, dude. There was a time when I when people were like, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be, you know, an all-timer. What would you think of a Mikkel Hardeman type? situation i saw that name too i wouldn't mind he, kicking he's the tires on the cold. yeah look hey he's i don't know if we can use him the way andy reed uses him but he's fast as fuck he brings you some speed and a guy that can break one anytime especially if you're gonna lose tony pollard i absolutely yeah. think you need home, you need now, a home run threat you can't use him the way you said you're gonna use turpin although i think Nicole for all his faults is better than turpin Nicole. To be fair, played with the best quarterback in the NFL and maybe the best coordinator in the NFL for four seasons and never really put it together. But, yeah. but that said, yeah, he's a, he's he's better than anything you got it. He can't be your number two, but once again, bring him in as like a another option, another mouth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's two directions. They either bring in a new coordinator who will build the receiver core that they need to run their system. If they do choose to retain Kellen, Kellen needs his Cedric Wilson, dude. He needs it. Because right now he's trying to force Noah Brown. And that needs to die this year. I need to never see a third down shovel pass to Noah Brown again. Like, no. it makes me want to die. Yeah, but looking, there's no one that really just jumps out at the page. There, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of rumors that uh deandre hopkins wants out of arizona i could think the packers probably keep lazard and even if you get lazard he's not a separator he's not what you need i want christian watson oh yeah well he's a rookie so 
Um, the, the Falcons should just blow their team up and give us Pitts and London. <laughs> we just get to take from them. So, anyway, boys, I don't know where, where else to go. This game was depressing for me, but I was like Andy. I was I was mad in the moment. Me and Zach were both pretty pissed at the, the moment, and we watched this together. Um, but afterward, I mean, when I woke up the next morning after I kind of shook it off, it just, look, we, we, once again, we are who people said we were in a way. We are one of the eight, I, I, I've made peace with the fact we're one of the eight best teams in football. We are nowhere close to being one of the four best teams at football and how we close that gap. See, you, I don't know. to get a C I, land I think, I think the Niners are one of, are, are one of the two best teams in football. And we're almost as good as them. Like, I think we're better than some of the other teams that are left. We beat, dude, Cooper Rush beat the Bengals. Like, I think we're closer than that. I think we're closer than that. I, I think we might have, we could have gone further if we were in the AFC, too. Just, I just, I think the AFC is more stacked. Yeah, I think, well, are, I think we, we got the, we got the, the only hard team <laughs> to play in the NFC. If we had gotten yeah, to like play the Giants or play the Eagles well, look, or play anybody again, else, I'd feel way better. That's why the Vikings fucked us. If the Vikings yeah. had won, they yep. would have gone to San Francisco, got their ass kicked. Yep. We would have played Philly. And I just don't think we might have lost to Philly. I just think that's a team that we know how to beat a lot better than we know how to beat San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. I said to Zach, I said to Zach actually early in this year that if this was like Premier League, right? Where everyone plays everyone twice. Like, let's say that's the NFL schedule. And you play everyone at home and you play everyone on the road. I think when it was all said and done, I truly think Dallas would have a better record than San Francisco. And I think San Francisco would beat us twice. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I weirdly think we're a better team. And I, I think they're a bad matchup for us. But they're, yeah, I was going to say they're just built to beat us. Like, they have they have the tools in their, in their toolbox to beat Dallas. So, oh. All right, boys. Well, anything else before we uh, shut the lid on this year and then uh, take our little hiatus until draft preview? No, man. I think um, uh, thank you to our listeners that uh, stuck with us through uh, this season. We uh, we love you guys. Um, I have an idea. And go for it. Star Love Goat. Of this game? For the season. Playoff. Uh, uh, we yeah, can do for the game if we want. But last year I calculated them all. I don't actually have them all written this year. I lost my sheet. So oh, I, I, I just more meant we just decide like we just pick someone for the season. All right, I like it. The last walk, the uh, last star love goat of the season. I will go first with the walk star star of the season. For me, it's between two people. But I'm going with my guy, Micah Parsons. Thought he won us more games than anybody else. Thought he was a difference maker. Again, he had a fantastic playoff run. I think that guy is the reason if Dallas can make any sort of significant run in the playoffs the next few years is because Micah is in the top five players in the NFL. Especially like non-QBs. And that's something that Dak will never get to, that CD will never get to, that Pollard will never get to, is Micah has an argument at some point that he might be the best player in football. And that's fucking awesome that he's on our team. Fair. So that is mine. We will go to Mr. Love. The love of the season. I want to be contrarian and pick CD Lamb, but I'm going to have to go with Parsons as well. 
the especially the last part you said he is a generational talent he's basically who you have to build the team around at this point and he played phenomenal yeah, yeah. I, he was a little disappointing for me a little bit it wasn't quite living up to what he should have been last half of the year he was still great wasn't phenomenal but then he, he turned he it up in the, playoffs, the playoffs, and, so yeah he turned it up that's all i needed to see so absolutely Michael parsons i am gonna pick cd lamb um Whoa. and i tell think andy reason, that tell i know i know and that's andy why that's that's why um micah parsons lived up to his billing he took a step he's an incredible player he, all the things you said are true cd lamb was a guy that after i saw him play week one i had real doubts if he was a true number one wide receiver and plenty of people said horrible things about cd lamb's game and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Coming out of this season, CeeDee Lamb is a legitimate number one wide receiver and can go, if he can continue to develop, he can be a top, you know, five, 10 wide receiver in this league. Um, he has refined his route running. His hands have become a lot better. He's becoming one of those unguardable guys that you have to game plan for. And on offense, you know, going forward, like the building blocks for this offense are Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. That's the connection for the next, you know, three to five years. So to see CeeDee Lamb uh, take that next step, assume the mantle of number one wide receiver and turn in such an incredible year is really awesome. I hope that next year he, he takes the kind of final step into like dominant, like Des Bryant, you know, I'm him top five guy i want to see cd lamb win some games by himself types type behavior so but yeah uh because of the long journey that he took and the doubt that he experienced along the way cd lamb is the goat of 2022 he really is following the the des example you set up for him yeah Andy, andy's andy's hard on young 88s he really he wants them to be you gotta young. earn that shit bro you gotta earn that shit you know well comes with baggage I think that was fun, boys. We will certainly, we'll certainly do another off-season one before the draft, and maybe post-free agency. Yeah, I want to do some. I, I want to. I know we say it every year, but I do want to do some fun off-season stuff where it's just us talking about like the Cowboys in general, not necessarily like what's going on at the moment, but like some Cowboys stuff from the past, like our most hated Cowboys, our most beloved Cowboys, our most painful moments of Cowboydom. Rewatch the '90s Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, live with live commentary. You know, it'll be great. It'll be great. So, yes, we will do some of that. We will definitely be back with some uh, pre-draft analysis. Give you some pet cats to watch out for. Hopefully, some dudes too that will be wearing the star come summer. Um, as always, if you like what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. Uh, it means a ton to us that people take the time to listen, even after uh, the Cowboys have let us all down yet again. It means a ton that we can come here and kind of talk amongst ourselves and to all of you. Uh, please feel free to uh, shoot us either a tweet, an email, a comment. We love hearing from the fans. Uh, like I said, we will be back uh, between now and you know in the next month or two with some fun off-season stuff, and then obviously before the draft in April. Uh, so you will hear us when you hear us. Uh, as always, uh, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love.
thank you so much for riding through 2022 with us. We'll see you in 2023 when it is our year, dude. We're winning the Super Bowl in 2023. So see you then. Take it easy. Peace.